Greetings, citizens of Earth. You are barking a happy tune with my pal Smurf of Smurf and the Magic Tones on 5280 Geek. Live from the Vegas Studios, it is Weekend Geek Update. Smurf here, and bringing you another spotlight. A provocateur of a gallery. And you know what? I, I can't use that term lightly, and it's such an incredible word, because I wish people would use it more often. I have Gordon. Ma- I am, I'm going to mutilate your last name, so just please say it. Matarian. It looks See? exactly like it's And I thought that's what it was, but, you know, yeah. it, it's not a podcast. It throws I, people off, for sure. It was, They're and like, I'm meh, not meh. I'm the meh of the Tarians. The meh. Meh. The provocateur yeah, of an art gallery. It is, it is, that is the job profile. Yeah, I sure. love that word because you curator just seems so blasé. Well, it's very specific. It is know? very specific. Yeah. Provocateur kind of encompasses something larger. And so you can be, you can be a curator mm-hmm. and a gallerist and under the umbrella of provocateur. I think are, you, are, are you a Doctor Who fan? Uh, yeah. The yeah. great curator. Yeah. <laughs> either you know or you don't. So either you're laughing at home or you don't, and you know what? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, yeah. Doctor Who's a great one. I love great, it. Doctor Who's a great one. So what is, it like, what is the major differentiator between provocateur mm-hmm. and curator? Well, curator is something we love to do, too, but that's something where you're looking at a wall and making sure that it matches another wall or that there's a relationship and language that you're kind of sharing between spaces. And a curator isn't going to leave their client hanging where Mm. something's not going to go right. Well, a good example of that was when we hang the gallery uh, when we're having a show. We don't allow artists to do that. We do it ourselves. And it's because we're directing the eye of the viewer when we come in. It's a specific kind of conversation that we're interested in having. So it's a specific mood, kind of an ambiance, if you will. Yeah, well, it sets the the tone for the eye. So when you walk into a museum, say, there there are some great curators in the kind of Colorado metro area. There are. And when you go to an exhibition, you'll notice that sometimes you're drawn to something immediately and you don't know why. And that's because of curation. The, okay. the curator is pointing you to something specific. And it's subliminal and subconscious, but they know the cues and, and you're going to be drawn right to it. Um, you can say artists are kind of curators and when they're constructing a piece, it's, it's not willy-nilly that they're putting – um, the Batman symbol in the center, center of you know Bruce Wayne's chest, right? right? They you see it, it draws it, the bullets. It, no, I'm just kidding. It does. It draws the bullets. It's a distraction, like Robin. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, Meet so Shield. No, I'm just <laughs> the uh, that's why there's been so many. Um, <laughs> the uh, the conversation is always about directing the eye, and right. that's what a curator does. A provocateur is something where. What I like it is that um, I, I am specifically drawn to having conversations with people, whether or not I agree with the artist or not. Provocateur isn't afraid of that. It's not afraid of someone who has a disagreement. It's not someone who's afraid to put something up that might be controversial. It's it's someone who's provocative. So when you're putting this together, you're looking for an emotional reaction. You're looking for passion. Yeah, we're passionate about what we do, and so uh, I won't put anybody in the gallery who's not likewise passionate. That just is how it is. How do you – because I've had this conversation with a lot of artists here in town, and and you're kind of like on that other fence, on the other side. I am on the other side, for sure. How how do you explain art to people? I I do it with a quote most of the time. Okay. I do it with artists, too, because a lot of times when I'm speaking to artists, they don't have any fucking idea what art is either. Well, see, that's what it is, because I've I've had this conversation at length, and like, well, why did you use this color palette or this, or you go this direction? And most of the time, it's like, I I just like green, you know? So. (laughs) That's a... mm, Those people don't end up in the gallery, I will tell you that. All right. Um, So... And that's another thing about being a gallerist is people trust my judgment. So when they come in to the gallery, they're expecting the best of what they uh, – the best right. of what's available at the price point. And so 
they know that I'm not going to allow somebody in there who um, is unavailable to their own work. Gotcha. Okay. Right? And, and that's specific. There, there are people who do not want to think about what they're doing. They're, they're intuitively working, but then when they step away, they, they want to let you know that, like, it's all up to the viewer to interpret. And, and I could not that be more like against that. That seems like such a cop-out, though. Well, it, it was and it wasn't. I will say, like, up till five years ago, it wasn't a cop-out at all. I think, especially in abstract expressionism, that's non-representational art when you have something like where people say, like, oh, my kid could do it. Those those specific mediums and that kind of language uh, um, allowed people to say it is what the viewer feels. Okay. Um, and you could identify really great great abstract expressionists because what would happen is every viewer felt the same. Oh, and then and you're like, right. what the fuck is going on that someone's putting red and blue together on a palette and and and, and there's not like and suddenly everyone's sad. Right. You know, it's like Rothko's paintings bring people to tears all the time, and they're just color fields. And and so that's when you're identifying really great um, artists in that field. But but they could navigate the language of, it's for the viewer to decide. Right. But we're, we're in a different era now, in an era in which when the viewer decides that you're a Nazi, they're right if you've given them... Um, all the power to interpret your work. Right. And and that was always available. I mean, that was always true. Um, but now artists, because they've given away their power, they've given away their authorship, um, it's 100% true. Just oh. not marginally true. It's, it's not 100%. an up to, yeah. Because you've given up control. You've given up control. You've told the viewer whatever it is they see is 100% accurate, and they see a Nazi, they're right. Wow. Yeah. And so I don't That's stand impactful. I don't stand for that at all. Wow. And so if an artist can't navigate their work and they're willing to concede that idea to a viewer, the fuck them, I don't want them in my gallery. Rightfully um, so. Yeah. So back to your point originally, what what how I define art is this uh, science fiction fantasy uh high fantasy um author named Stephen Brust. Remember that guy? Mm-hmm. The Chaharic series and all yeah. that. Um, in one of his kind of more obscure books, he says, there's no canvas so large that an artist can hide behind it. And, and what he meant by that, in my, in my interpretation of that, that great line, was that if it's art, you see the artist. Right. Right? Period. And if it's not art, you can't see the artist. So the, the, the sentence really kind of distilled tells you that what is art and what isn't. If it's illustration, you can't see the artist. And that's part of the beauty of illustration is that they're delivering a product for a client that right. right? In in art, you're gonna see something of the artist every fucking time. And and that's what we want to deliver for people is that they can see what happens is when human beings look at things they like, it reminds them of themselves. And that, I think that's kind of what everyone's always – something that moves you. Right. And the, what they're saying, there's, that's something that moves my son or my uncle right. or my aunt or my buddy who was drinking with me that night. It moved, <laughs> it moved me, right? It moved me. It moved I, the id. It is the language of yourself that you fall in love with. And if you know the artist, um, you imagine the artist looks like you in that, in that kind so of emotional kind state. Kind of transpose – yeah, yeah, and 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 what's beautiful about that is if it's beautiful art, they really are like you. Huh. You're looking at something, and you're like, "Wow, that reminds me of this experience I had." And if the artist is competent, they're able to deliver that because it is the same experience. Wow. Yeah, and, and it's really simple. It's really easy to navigate. But and we live in this world in which there's this alternative. Um, um, there's an alternative world of language all around you all the time, and people are oblivious to it. And uh, it's so frustrating for people who kind of are in it to say, look at, look at all this beauty around you, and people are oblivious walking through life. And, and that's what, part of what Tuck Gallery is really about, is having those conversations and opening people's eyes to the beauty that's around them. So in those situations and in, in, in that, because obviously your, your grasp on art is far exceeding anything – 
I I would expect. I'm well. I'm the gallerist. You right? are. I'm the guy checking you that are. out and going, "Yep, come on, come on down." So yeah. how do you educate people on on this? Because I know this is a conversation. Because you and I had yeah. a, a, an amazing conversation uh, when you were here a couple weeks ago, uh-huh. and in your gallery for your last show, yeah. which was. Jack Jensen and fame worldwide, yeah. Jack Jensen, and you know, I haven't seen Jack in ages, and evidently a lot of people like me haven't either, because there was a, a line to talk to Jack. Yeah, and that's encouraging to see. Yeah, but how do you educate people? How do you bring it, it to the forefront of their mind instead of them kind of like, oh, I, I, I don't want to. Uh, that that's uh. you know, honestly, that's why we called the gallery talk, because unlike. The majority of gallerists and galleries, I don't want to leave it up to an audience. I want to have a conversation with them that puts their feet solidly in what the artwork is. And that way, they can navigate it for their friends. They're not just, when people walk in, they're not just like, oh, it is, or the guy said this, or this. They feel it because they relate to it, and they can repeat what was said to them because they felt it. Right. You know, there's a truth in it. You know, Jack's work... Jack's work, um, you know, hopefully we can, well, you won't be able to see it, but it's very, I would call it like anti-pop pop in that it's always celebrity, but he fucking hates people. And um, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say it, it did have kind of a, a very anti-pop, but it also had like a very Andy Warhol type of footing. Yeah. Especially like the earlier pieces that you had positioned when I came in yeah. and you had that collage wall going and yeah. all I could feel was I could almost feel Warhol's spirit coming through. Well, the idea is that Jack's interest and this is for everybody out there who's, you know, Jack Jensen used to own Mutiny Information Cafe, so if you're local, um that was it's a place on Broadway, it's legendary for being kind of a um alternative space for people to enjoy alternative things. And coffee. And coffee. And coffee. And and cereal. They have have cereal. And milk. And behind the bar. It's great. (laughs) It is great. Um, And what he was doing is he was having a conversation about what celebrity was. And for him, uh, he would sit outside his own coffee shop, watch the everyday alcoholics and drug addicts and prostitutes and people sleeping on the side of the road next to his store and listen to what they said. And for him, that is the celebrity. Those are the people he sees every day, right? Those, right. Are, those are the people that matter to him. And so when people would, when you're celebrating Elvis Presley and, and you know, Marilyn Monroe and Madonna, and there's nothing against those, those people at all, they, they're meaningless to someone who's struggling with addiction. They're right. fucking meaningless. And, and Jack was having, is having a conversation about that in every one of his pieces because he's sloppily... <laughs> representing the celebrity and then tying their image to something he heard someone say on the street, the celebrity that matters. Right. And and what happens is, is that there's that surface where you see it and you're like, oh, you know, that kind of looks like X, but I don't remember that quote. Well, that quote's a real quote, and it's one from someone who mattered to Jack. Right. Right? And And then you're stopping yourself. And... For some, that's as important as Jack's work gets. Is like it's just about celebrity. It's just about rebellion. But what he's poking at is that for people who love people they don't know, do you love them or you love the idea of them? And what happens when that darker side is revealed? That part that says, you know, fuck I'm you, human. I, yeah, I'm a human being. So then, what are you really saying? Like, so for me. I feel really seen. I know that's kind of triggering for some people. I feel seen when I see Jack's work because I feel like the love is total. Right. Like you're like, you're looking at something that you might see a woman in a sexually provocative position bent over with her breasts exposed. I think this is hanging right in the doorway right now. Is a, And she's got a heroin needle in her arm. Yes. And, and she's like, and it says something like, you know, I just love slumming it or something like that. It's very pass. It's very aggressive. And the conversation then becomes, do you love her or not? Do you love her in spite of her addictions? Do you love her with her addictions? Do you love the idea of... So, and then when you're talking about yourself, you're like, oh, shit. 
I'm a really disgusting pig sometimes. <laughs> you know, there's some things that, you know, I am not proud of in my own history. If my lover was to know about that. Well, it's taboo. Would they still love yeah. me? Right? How much do you hold ja- back from the other person? And so Jack's, Jack's canvas is more than just the obvious anti-celebrity celebrity celebration. is also about the totality of how you interact with the world and the people you care about. You interact with them honestly or not. And, and for me, I look at these, this, this, these pieces and they're, they're simple and easy and I start falling into how complex they are. Mm-hmm. And, um, and no one does it like he does it. Um, and it's deceptively complicated. It is because I remember when I first saw the piece in, in in you mentioned, yeah, and it was kind of like just wow. Because I've been um, ten eighty two Broadway, mm-hmm. which you know, if you've been here in town, you know the place, and that is you've seen everything come through that bar, yeah, or, or the church. Mm-hmm. Another perfect example, yeah, and it is just like. Wow, and it is it is just captivating because you're like, I don't know I don't know why I'm drawn to it, mm-hmm. but that needle once once you absorb the picture and then notice the needle, it's mm-hmm. like, wow, okay, yeah, and you know what, um, people are afraid of that, but if they've had the honest conversation and they're rooted in no, this conversation's about love, suddenly you're like. People walk out and they think about it, and I've had two calls on it. Like, people have come back and said, I'm, I'm still rolling around in this piece. I can't get it out of my head. And Jack's work works like that because – and It's having, a slow burn. It's a slow burn, but also the conversation. If I wasn't prepared to have the conversation about what the work looks like, right, and what it actually is, then people will walk by the girl with a heroin needle in her arm and leave and not give it a third or fourth thought. And so um, that's what we do. That's powerful. Thanks, man. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So how did you come here? I mean, I mean, not here in the studio. We know yeah. how you got here. Yeah, yeah. I fell into this. <laughs> I fell I, from I, the sky. I twisted your arm. Yeah, I yeah. bribed you with whiskey. Whatever the, the story <laughs> that, may be. Mm-hmm, right, right. <laughs> I think I tied you down at the bar. But yeah. how did you come to be in this, this world? Because this is, this is not for the faint of heart. And this takes a level of understanding and compassion, and I'm going to use that word absolutely with lines underneath it. It has yeah. to be compassion because you have to be able to relate. Right. How did you find that in yourself? How did you get here? Well, geez, wow, that's a great one. Uh, the, the conversation um, superficially is um, had the opportunity. Like uh, um, Fame Worldwide, uh, also known as Jesse Frazier, mm-hmm. had – gotten that space as a studio when cabal gallery kind of fell apart and he wasn't using it and i said why don't we build a gallery together and uh and it erupted from that but more than that it had always been my dream uh ever since i was a, a young person i i just have loved the arts i grew up in a small country town in southern oregon and there was zero room for me there. Zero. There, yeah. yeah zero. Their idea of art is the, the rocker arms on barn doors. <laughs> the, the, it's a culture in which they support one another, though. And this I will tell you, so I'm not, you know, village fa- style. family village. Um, and but if you're if you're not if you're not satisfied with family and village, um, if you want um, if you want something deeper then you then you can't s- sustain there. I mean, my father's a car salesman, you know, um, and he left California. He was a metallurgical chemist and worked on uh, worked on our moonshot. Uh, he created some of the alloys for that and was more satisfied selling cars because he was the kind of person who, um, I don't want to call it a retreat, but the, the person who well, was expecting life to deliver a, a X, Y, and Z, and once it did, that was enough. And and car sales was it, and living living on a ranch was enough. And for me, wherever I just, you find fulfillment, right? Is so what I yeah, think. yeah. Um, but for me, it wasn't there, and it was a real eye opener. There was a um, multimillionaire who moved back to town, and there was a um, hotel that was notorious for um, cooking cocaine. And, oh, Jesus. Right, and, and, yeah, and um, 
and people get busted there all the time. And the guy bought it and tore it down and built this beautiful place as a celebration of his return and also kind of to put, give something back to the community. Right. And the vast majority of the people who live there were like, why would he do that? Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. And that mentality is is something that I just – Almost I really seems kind of ungrateful. No, it's not ungrateful. It's it's outside of the culture. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Um, there are people who utilize the facility. There's people who celebrate birthdays there. There's people who, you know, get on the, have their families go there when they visit. It's a beautiful space. It's outside of the culture, and and so that's what I'm saying is that the culture wasn't for me. Gotcha. Yeah. So, did you bounce it all around at all? I went or? to Southern California. I had a SoCal. Yeah, I did. I got a great life there, and. Um, and um, eventually ended up. I, I was on, uh, I was on an internet dating site. Mm. One, How posh of you! Yeah. Mm. Well, my choices up until that point uh, dictated that. It was like you make exactly the wrong decisions over and over again. <laughs> you cannot be trusted with your love life, Mister Materian. And so, uh, welcome to badchoices.com. Yeah. So yeah, that that no was, swipe's gonna save you. <laughs> So I ended up, uh, and I ended up finding this uh, woman who was ninety-seven percent matched to me, which was a crazy number. And uh, like our our personalities are very identical, except I'm more outgoing. And um, yeah, and she's more technical oriented, and that's she ended up wow. following that career path. But um, we came here for a three-day vacation, and hooked ever since. Yeah, for me. Um, for your podcast listeners who are outside of the state, um, what's wonderful about this place is that it's like all the things I loved about Southern Oregon and that the the people there um, will take care of you. I well, did not have a key to our house. We literally, on the way out of the house, would stop by the neighbor's door, who was a quarter of a mile away, and ask them to feed the horses for the next three days. No problem. Wouldn't even call them. Just hit them up. No right. problem. And then take off to wherever we were going, right? That was the extent of the trust, okay, a culture. But find somebody who wanted to talk about art or the space program or, or you know, anything really substantive or politics or you know, international relations and, or history, and, and it's just not going to happen right. unless they're retired from out of state coming in. California, on the other hand, had a crea- – in Southern Cal specifically, had, a, had an enormous and beautiful creative community, you know. It is it – is, it's very powerful. Very powerful. Now get to know your neighbors. So that is another thing that's not going to happen. That ain't happening. And, and, that, and so for me, what I did is – and this is the, this is the truth – is uh, I was restoring a home and uh, I was knocking on people's doors to introduce myself because I wanted them to meet their new neighbor. Right. And I could see shadows scattering into the background. And so I wrote a little letter. Hey, I'm your new neighbor. I'm restoring this home. I would love to meet you. I've put beer in a cooler. Here's my phone number. I'm here from this time to this time because I can't occupy the house yet. Um, but just come by and meet me. And I photocopied it and put tape on every single person's door. That level of effort was the only way that I met my neighbors. Wow. We came here for a three-day vacation in the in the first three days. I was like, it's everything I love about California and everything I love about Oregon. It's like they had made sweet love and left their bastard child in the middle of the country. And they left us Denver. Yeah, they left us Denver. <laughs> and, and it's like I have really intelligent, beautiful, creative minds here who will walk your fucking dog. They will. And we'll be like, and, you know, and make sure, and you know, the, the, the culture around animals here is amazing. And just, just the sense of community that's here exists in small country towns, mm-hmm. not, in my experience, in, in cities. And so if you want to have a place that reflects the beautiful things in life, then Denver is the place to be. And I've, I've traveled the world. I've been to many places. Um, and Denver is kind of... It's special. It is special. And you. the problem is, once you leave this town, mm-hmm. it's a bitch to get back in. It really is. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah, you it left is. for a while and came well, back. Well, my family's from you know the East Coast, Wisconsin, New York, Jersey, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, dad dad worked for United, uh-huh. so got to see oh, both yeah, wonderful. Coasts. Yeah. San Mateo, spent a significant amount of time there in San Diego and, and all of that. And my brother 
who now resides in Texas, God rest his soul, because mm-hmm. he's stupid, <laughs> left this town, and now he is fighting to get back in. Yeah. There's like a, there's like, evidently there must be a waiting list at our border. Yeah, yeah. At the other borders, yeah, our border, there's a waiting list. Sorry, you can't get in here. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. Out. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, we're not supposed to talk about the weather. We're not supposed to talk about no. how to get in. Um, nope. Never mind, for everyone out of town, you're, you're right. not allowed. You We're know. dealing with, <sighs> I can't, it's so Blizzard. insufferable. <sighs> We've had like what four days of sixty degree weather. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. we're we're bastards. Yeah, Uh, but I agree. There are so many fun things in the culture. I was just on Broadway on on Sunday down over by Dive In, and and not too far from your neck of the woods with the studio or studio with the The gallery. Gallery, pardon me. That it's it's fun and people do interact. They like to talk to you. Yes, yes, and they're honest <laughs> about their approach. They you are know, very. You're like, about what it. is this about? You know, and um, here's something about this city that you don't know. I promise you, you don't know this. Um, I would say this is the best part spot in the world to see abstract expressionist art. That I did not know. And, and the reason why is this: is that it's a genre of art that's non-representational art in which there's color splashes and and line um and basically well it doesn't matter it doesn't matter um but what's happened is is that when people are moving from the east coast and going to the west coast um and they started kind of this abstract movement here in denver and because denver is an island community or colorado specifically mm-hmm. because because of its islandness it's islandness. It's not communicating with the east or west coast. And so when that genre of art started resonating with the people here, you had like a competitive response. Like people were putting up stuff and going, no, that's shit. Uh, you could do better. That doesn't represent right. you. Uh, that's, that line's not powerful. And I was, in, um, I was in New York, and they were having a retrospective of abstract expressionism. And I was like, I, I've seen way better in this community. And then happened to be in Japan. Oh, wow. And they were having the retrospective of, of abstract expressionism from the best of the best in the country. And very few canvases would align to the most powerful canvases we have here because we have a hundred solid years of com- com- competitive and honest communication with each other. So when you... Because there's so many different terms and so many different things, especially when I look at, like, the Museum of Art. Yeah, sure, yeah. And it's got that screwed-up building. Yeah. That makes no sense. Oh, I love it. But okay, go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, how do you get into something like that? How do you get into, like, you're just... Yeah. If you're an artist, I mean, because I would... Because you're right. that I went in there during one of the, 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 the shows. Right. And I was disappointed. Sure. I, I've been to New York. I've been to Chicago. I've, right. been, I've been out on San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Some of it is, is okay. Mm-hmm. Some of it is like, yeah. oh. Yeah, yeah. But how do you get inside of that? Because I've seen stuff at Denver that is, like you said, unlike anything else. Mm-hmm. But also at the same point, I'm like, why is that there when I've seen way better over at the Santa Fe First Friday? Uh, you know, I couldn't tell you. There's, There's – uh, I'm sorry, that's just an honest answer. No. There's there's people who I believe should be represented in a museum or collected by the museum, and there are people who I'm surprised are. We've had we've had two people uh, show at our in our um, at our space that were collected by the Denver Art Museum, and when they told me that, I was I was kind of taken back. I was right. like, you're, "You're in the collection? Like, all right, okay, you know." And then um, people who clearly should be and, and get overlooked they're overlooked and and i think some of that may have to do with politics of personality i think jack should be somebody who's collected i would agree and with uh and but there is no doubt that if he doesn't like you it's not your he doesn't he doesn't give a shit about that kind of um access actually and and uh and for that you know i kind of i love his rebellion but at the same time um it's hard to look at at a at, at a museum or, or or a big space like that has an international conversation and say fuck you, and he's done that many many times. <laughs> 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 many, 
many, not once or twice, but many a of times. times. Yeah, you know, we're the first gallery that he's ever exhibited with. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, he started a mutiny, um, and uh, he exhibited like once or twice prior to opening mutiny and was so disappointed in the conversations that uh, he was like, oh, I'm just going to make my own space to, to make my own work, and fuck you, I'm never touching another gallery again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I and can't. really, the ambassador—I will call him the ambassador, fame worldwide—Jesse Frazier um, facilitated their relationship between Jack and I, and um, it, it's a really remarkable thing. Um, and, and part of the gallery's narrative is to get people seen by other galleries, and you know, it's a difficult one for me. I'm all Jack. We need to have you seen outside of Denver, you know. And there's so many copycats. There's a copycat in New York. There's a copycat in San Francisco who uh, even uses the same kind of palette. And it's uh, um, and it's like, you know, they're robbing you. Mm-hmm. And they're robbing the people who collect you because the people who collect you want to know that their investment is going to be worth something more. Right. You know? And, uh, and um, I, I, hopefully that kind of fire, you know, he's such a fire – he gets excited about things in a way that um, other people don't. Hopefully that uh, will instill in him the idea that, like, yeah, I need to be in Greece and, and, and Europe. and and Because uh, there's been galleries in both places that have reached out to him. You know, but um, well, and you know, because there, there's one artist that I always kind of lean towards and I really like. Um, and it's uh, Justin uh, Boo. Okay. B-U-A. He, I, I believe, if I'm remembering the story correctly, was discovered on the streets of New York. And mm-hmm. it was like De Niro or Pacino that saw him. And he's got this great series. And I've got one piece out of it because it's got different uh, connections. There's the DJ, which is the one that I own. But there's also like the jazz player and um, the different musician. And mm-hmm. that yeah. that is some impressive. And I just love the solidarity behind the art you know it's just you're in you're in the world you're part of the world but you're in your own world at the same time yeah and this is this the person you're talking about correct? yes yes so let's look uh i wish you had so what (laughs) what what, what's been shown to me as a piano player and his his fingers are kind of stretched apart so that he's reaching across the keys and um um they're Latin or African descent. It's it maybe both, uh, but it's that kind of '50s hep cat mm-hmm. version of a person with the with the uh, newsy cap and the and the cigarette hanging from his mouth. It may or not be a cigarette. It may or may not be a cigarette. Right, and, and then there's there's a simple palette behind it. So, what do you get when you're looking at this? Right, what do you get besides the kind of lyrical imagery? Okay. Let's look at this from a perspective in which... Please. I would right, love to. Right? So a, the imagery is powerful, but it, I would say we've seen this. We have seen this. Right? We've seen this kind of like hep cat version of the piano player. Right? It's like it, you can see it. Right. You know? But why are the keys so long? It's a good question. I don't know. Right? Well, maybe that's because he's conveying what a note is. He's not... Tickling the keys quickly. No. He's pressing the keys. He's enjoying right. it. He's, he's spending time with the notes. Right. Right? And you're the viewer, right? Yes. And look at your position to... Um, it is very juxtaposed. Uh, juxtaposed. Right. And your position says something about who you are to this person. He's judging you. He's looking right at you. You're the person he's looking at. Right. Right? Now, Justin's work... Just by seeing this, you can make some assumptions about him. Is this a country boy? I think he's a city kid. Oh, you think? <laughs> right? Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, this person, uh, white guy? No. Absolutely not. Okay. And when you're looking at this, does this person um, loves country music? No, not even close. Right. We're making assumptions about the person because the author is so competent. We are seeing the artist. Yeah, because I love his DJ one. And I, I like I said, I, I bought that piece. Right. That's hanging in, in my, my home. And, and here we are in a room filled with components and computers. Yes. That probably looks very much like 
There is there is the the similarities. Yes, the only thing missing is I don't have a turntable on here. Right. Well, <laughs> guess what? He's created a version of yourself. Yes, and it you've to me. seen yourself in his. And work. he has a better tan than I do. I'm just saying that. <laughs> I, think, I think almost everyone has a better tan than you. I'm very clear. Yeah. <laughs> But so when you're seeing something like that, you you feel like you are seeing the actual artist. For sure. Okay. If it's competent. If it's competent work, you're seeing the artist. But what I want you to understand is that you've seen yourself. There you go. And I want the people who hang art in their homes, you know, and, and to understand that when someone walks in, they should be able to see you. Right. Yeah. Whatever that looks like, and so I, I suspect God, that's scary this is not in a private place in your house. No, it's very open. It's right next to my hi-fi, where I have my two-channel stereo. I have my high-end. So you've created a theme. There is a theme. It's right. it's not next to the movie posters. Right. And because um, in my house, it's either movie posters, art, or pictures of lighthouses so that tells you a way more about me than me does it does it well maybe it the, the white lighthouse probably does it's a hilarious allegory but that being said we can see you in the dark it's wonderful you can. yeah you can mm. i don't even it, have no one will have a defense if you get hit by a bus like none there's like ever. how did you not see this man he glows motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> but but my, to my point to my point and i'm glad see you did that without subconsciously mm-hmm. right but everything i said up to that point made sense to you yes right and how many times you've had that conversation going into a gallery or a museum zero zero right and now when you're looking at that piece you realize fuck it it is powerful and it does relate to me and you don't necessarily need more of his work Mm-mm. but you need more work that looks like you Mm-hmm. Or the people you love, or the things you care about, or some emotional state that you're proud of, or you know the the kind of things that are um, that enroll you into a powerful world are the things that should be on your wall. It should be right. And but since people don't have the tools to navigate that, because gallerists and art professors and teachers and artists themselves fucking fail <laughs> hard. We, we've marginalized art to – the buyers of art are – there's 99.99% of the world are not in the market for art. It's true. It's less than 1%. Mm. Okay? Now, for me, I look at that, and this may go to your point earlier about why you're here with the gallery. Right. Is for me, I'm like, that is unlimited potential to grow. It is. Right? And at the same time – if 99.99% of the people in the world are unaware of an entire world that's available to them, right? That is pointing to failure on an unbelievable level. This is true. And, uh, and I'm going to reconcile that in my gallery one patron at a time. And I will say this too, like, and this is important. Is that when you come to our space, it's not filled with artists. It's not. It's filled with people who are like, what is this about? Because it's, it's and it, I don't want to say ex- accessibility. Right. But, I mean. I wouldn't mind that word, I'll tell you. It is accessible. I and Jesse talk to people. And see, that's, that's the difference. Because you go to. I've been to the New York shows. Mm-hmm. Nobody talks to anybody. No. Everybody just stands there. They're afraid. No to one wants to be fucking stuff. judged, man. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and weird. And it's, it's strange, but it's true. You go in and like, oh, I don't want to be judged. I want this person to think I'm asking a dumb question. Or I don't get this, but my aunt gets it. And she's a millionaire and she told me to buy it. So I guess I'm going to. You know, or, or you know, Mike down the street got this and they love it. You know, and that is powerfully wrong it's well, so insecure it's so insecure it's it's a culture of insecurity well and that's what doesn't make sense when you're buying art on on the likes of other people i just scratch my head because well, i mean like original art i mean i've got a couple pieces in here in mm-hmm. in in the studio mm-hmm. that literally they just i i like them i, I talked to the artist he he actually sketched that for me while i was standing there talking to him right and it wasn't purchased on the site. Well, 
because I don't even care for the character. I'm yeah. like I'm like fifty fifty on Hawkman. Right? Yeah, yeah. But I just love like what the, version of Hawkman? Yeah, right? There's the been line like, work 12, yeah. that he did. I mean, this was just like light pen and you know just the. Who light. is that, by the way? This is Joe Prado. Okay, so look at Joe Prado's line work. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's go to what we're talking about. Yes. Look at Joe Prada's line work. Now, first of all, he has to make it accessible for uh, a comics world. Correct. Okay, right? So some of the, some of the kind of line work are going to be um, traditional, mm-hmm. right? His proportions are going to be there. It's more or less going to be... Anatomy. Anatomy is going to be kind of on, right? right. But look at the way his, the front leg of Hawkman is moving, right? Yeah. That's very traditionally 1950s. Okay. Right? And when you look at that and you look, don't you kind of, doesn't that kind of look a little like a Starenko leg? It does look like a Starenko leg. Right? And you're like, this is clearly a person who respects and understands his own uh, narrative history. Mm-hmm. Right? And then you go to the base in which there's a complete disruption. You have this uh, really heavy inks. Hodgepodge of just, just to give it depth. It, well, is it giving it depth or is it telling you about who the person is? So so you're like, okay, this person is using a dark, heavy line. He understood how to make a balance between all the fine lines above it, right? This is but true. this is way outside of what panels would look like. Yes. Right? So for him, it's important to make a distinction between a panel and a patron. He's not making this for everyone. He made it for you. Yeah, this is there's this is the only one on the on the planet like this. That's exactly right. And and so that uniqueness, he understands that there needs to be an element of uniqueness for a unique work. Right? This is a competent person. Yes, Joe's great. Okay. And um, now I don't know anything about Joe. Mm. But I promise you if you asked him who's, if Stranko was one of his um, influences? influences, he's going to tell you yes. See, and I didn't even pick up on the Stranko, and I'm a huge Stranko fan. Huge Steranko. Well, am I, I might be completely wrong, but what he, I mean, he might not be specifically Steranko. I mean, Kirby has kind of that funny shaped leg as well. Right. But the point being is that he's connecting the work to something older than himself. There is history. There's lineage. Right. You can make anatomy look different than that and be exactly right. He is consciously putting the pen to, to the paper and saying, I want to make an homage to the people who came before me because it matters. It does matter. Okay. Now, what kind of person does that? A person. I want to say I, I want to say conscientious. Right. But I don't. I don't. It, it just could be dumb luck. Well, let me ask you this: It's in your <laughs> room. You could care it less. Hawk, Hawkman is a fifty percent guy for you, yeah. right? Yeah. But what do you do? I hang it up. No, 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 stop. What do you do? You are curious about who other people are. Yes. Right? You interview people in this room because you want to broadcast that relationship. Okay? I want everybody's story. Right. Right? Look at that again. Isn't that what he's telling you? Yes. He wants you to read a story into the image. And does that look like you? Emotionally? On Tuesdays. Right? Right. You know, it might be Tuesdays. It's, 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 yeah, right? Last Wednesday. But, you know, it, it's every day, every other weekend we're, yes. we look like this. Other, otherwise, I'm, I'm, I'm oh, Batman cat, up there. Oh, and, I was going to say Catwoman. But yeah. that, well, you know, yeah. that's on Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, You've yeah. seen me on Saturdays. Yeah, so, yeah I've seen you know. on Saturdays. <laughs> the outfits weren't tight. Yeah, but that, tight. But that being said, that's what he's delivering for you. He's, and that's why it resonates for you because subconsciously you're picking up on these cues. Right. And, you're, and because you um, had a relationship to comics art, you're relating to that specific genre of art. But he's beyond that. He's not just looking at other comics artists. He's looking at intention and the values and, right. and relationships. And, you perch, and he created that for you specifically and that's why there's those deviations at the bottom that's why the legs are shaped differently than mm. what anatomy dictates and that's why it re- relates to you um and everything that relates to the stuff that's the most powerful for you in this room is the stuff that's going to remind you of yourself and it's true for every genre of art and that's why you don't have to just have comics art even though that's what you're familiar with you don't have to have just abstract expressionism even if that's what you're comfortable with. You don't have to have, uh, you know, pop art. 
because well, that's what you're familiar with. Right. It's 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 what if you're if you're looking at something objectively, objectively critiquing something, and you have a competent mind. That's the key. You're like that reminds me of me, the beautiful part of me, or the part that I aspire to be, and I want it to be on my wall. Well, and I've got the Picasso Don Quixote over wow. over there on the side. Sure. Because, you know, okay. alas, who knows what Don Quixote can accomplish. It's the power of one person to battle dragons, move windmills, to change the world. More than that, what is that piece famous for is that um, – it's line work. It is great line work. Right. And so when you're looking at that, would that have a relationship to your own comfort level with art? Of course it does. Right. Right. Now, this is not comics art. No. Right. This is Picasso. Yep. Okay. It's not comics art, and it's in a comics room, and somehow it aligns to the comic. Inside. Yeah. So do you think art can heal the world? No, absolutely not. I mean, there's, there's no way. That's, that's a different conversation. Okay. But, but I do believe that here's, – here's another conversation. It may be better we can literary. Do more, we can do more, more no. podcasts with you. If you no, want to come no. in once a month yeah. and we can do – Well, I, w- I would love to talk about But I was going to say there's a literary portion of this. There's, there's yes. this. And I want to talk about this specifically. And this is what I fear a lot and that – there's this conversation about how music, as music declines, as civilizations slip into um, less and less um, deep, right. right? That the music becomes the drum of war. Mm-hmm. It's a relentless beat, and civilization starts relating to it yep. more and more. And voices get kicked out, and... Um, obscurity gets kicked out and the only thing that matters is the obvious and that drum just keeps going on and on and on and on and without the sensitivities of art you're oblivious to that fucking drum and what it's doing and so it might not save the world but it's going to open eyes to what's going on in the world do you think it helps a person to be more self-aware yeah yeah for sure I think the the language of art, the language that's happening, mm-hmm. right, is in a relationship to the viewer, right, and the artist. And when you're bridging people, that relationship improves the world every time. And even if it's overtime, Picasso long dead, yes. you're relating to the image of the Don Quixote story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I forgot the author of that initially, but it mattered to Picasso, and it matters to you. Mm-hmm. And that person's been dead a while. Yes. Uh, and 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 yet, there's a bridge there. There is. Mm-hmm. And I. And imagine now you walk into somebody else and go, "Oh my gosh, I love that painting hung on my wall," or my mom and dad had that on their wall, you know, in the 1950s, and my mother's from Spain, or you know, then all of a sudden it becomes a narrative, and that bridge is created. It's it's this interconnectedness. The promise of like the '80s student exchange programs, right, where right. we were sending kids to Russia and we're sending kids to the Ukraine and we're sending kids to from the UK to the United States, and the Cold War is happening, and suddenly you're meeting other children, and you're and you're saying to yourself, "Well, maybe I don't want to bomb children, right? That they, their parents love their kids just like I do." Yes, right. The art is the same language. Because you've bridged people and time and space. Well, and I think I don't think it's wasted on the first. God, there's so many things trying to fight my way out of my mouth, and that's hard to say. <laughs> I'm so happy can, to be here, by the way, because land, this is stuff I love to talk land about. Land planes yeah, yeah. in this mouth. Yeah, because yeah. as soon as you start forgetting the past, you don't learn for the future, and you need to know where we've come from to know where we're going. And when they start. Like, skipping over that, it seems to just miss so much, and people just lose touch. Well, it's the drum beat. It is the it's drum just, beat. It's just, it's being, having a, um, having no idea what's going on around you. And that's no. what I'm telling you. Like, I, I, I really believe that most people do not understand there is a complicated language 
an entire world happening around you, and you, and you no do not know it. And it has nothing to do with being like, cons- you know, involved in a conspiracy theory or anything like that. It is looking at the artwork that is being represented right to you, that's resonating with a culture, and that tells you about the culture. It does. Uh, Miguel de Cravatas uh-huh. is the author of Don Quixote. Oh, thank you. Way. Fantastic. Uh, I, it took me a minute to remember. <laughs> remembered via Google. So cheated. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it is, and it is true. So I was watching, and and I don't want to end on this. I'll have a follow up question. Okay, but because um, we're almost at an hour. Is that right? Yeah, we're. I, told I hope you, I had something. That, I hope I said something that was relevant that you people would be like. Of relevancy. Please come to the space we'll because I will treat space. you. We'll get to the space. Yeah, yeah. Because it's yeah, coming. Yeah. But have you watched Inventing Anna? I have not watched it. Oh games. my god! Sorry. So it is a story based on this 2017 conspiracy of this woman, this German heiress mm-hmm. who comes over, uh, Anna Delvey, mm-hmm. who wants to create this the Anna Delvey Foundation and uh-huh. swindles a bunch of people right. out of millions of dollars, and it all involves the art world and creating a space. And some of her takes on art is is very interesting. Mm-hmm. But, and I don't want I don't want to just like single out the millennials. But it is like the millennials' approach to art. They mm-hmm. they don't have the education, so they're just pulling vocabulary from different spaces, which I find very disjointing and kind of odd. I, I will tell you. Can can I interject this yes, part? Yes, please. It's not the millennials. It's the millennials' teachers. And young people are just like you and me when we were young. Right. And I will tell you, I just had a conversation with an artist who came in to pitch his work at MySpace, mm-hmm. right? And he mentioned an art school. And then the next sentence was, before it became a pyramid scheme. <laughs> and just yesterday, just yesterday, I was hanging out, happened to have lunch with one of the great art teachers out here in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And he is not allowed... In his classes, oh, I should have given away his gender. That said, okay. this person's not allowed in his in their classes to critique the artwork of the students. You are not allowed to talk about what's wrong with a student's work objectively. I'm not talking about just being emotionally like, oh, I don't like this or no. it doesn't resonate with me. I'm talking about being able to pick apart a piece of work so someone gets better, right? If you're not allowed to do that as a professor of art who is teaching artists, right, yeah. who are actually already interested in the subject, yes, right, which is way beyond most people, okay? If you're not allowed to have those conversations, what the what the fuck are we doing? I that I mean what? <laughs> yeah. I mean that's like that's like being a writer. You're in a journalism class and I'm sorry, you you it's either Because it's it's, it's enough, it's enough to show that up. they're that they're that um they've expressed themselves. Not that they could have done it better. Not that there could have been any kind of conversation around what they were doing. Not that the conversation could have been deeper. Not that the conversation would have a broader audience. Not that the conversation had zero to do with that person's life experience and they were just projecting their own BS and their imagined ideas about what things really are about. Instead, instead, you're like, yes. Yes to you. Yes to you. Here's your medal. Here's your Here's your award, right? And then we have the audacity, the, the freaking, we don't have any compassion for these young people at all. We look at them and go, oh, these, these silly kids. Shame on us. It's wrong. It is wrong. It's wrong, and it's objectively wrong. I'm passionate about this. These kids are not being taught what's great about a huge percentage of their world. And it's at a subject they're actually interested in. And then we toss them into this world, and we give them a huge amount of debt, and then we say, why can't you you communicate, buddy? Why aren't you doing your job? God damn it, man. We have failed so powerfully. Yes, we have. 
John Malkovich said it best. Oh, go ahead. Education is never a waste. <laughs> I feel wasted. How about that? <laughs> mm. But see, that is, I think, that is what I think people are missing, and that is that is the passion. I honestly, and to see your just unbridled passion and love come through like that is just so. I don't want to say intoxicating because that yeah. just that just paints the wrong kind of picture but i mean it is just infectious and i i, I want to go out and paint i can't paint stick figures but i want to I that's the, go out that's there. the effing point man is that you're told you can only paint stick figures no it's just pride i'm not gonna go out and just okay that. let's just let's just say that that statement resonates with a lot of people who are out there <laughs> without you you know without us injecting ourselves into that of course you know but there are people who are like, well, I don't know a stick figure. I know what I like, and uh, I don't know why I like it. And that's enough for them. And that is honestly enough it for is. most of If you know what you like and that's enough for you, that's fine. Okay? But, but there is an enormous world out there for you. There is a world of pleasure out there for you. Out there for you. And it's available to you. And it takes five minutes, 15 tops. To kind of root yourself in what you're missing out on. It's true. Must see art places around the world. Or let's just limit it to Well, the how country. about my, my favorite? Let's just say in the country. Well, I, I will say one of my favorite museums is the Prado in Spain. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that space. I love that space. I love that space. Um, I will also say this, and, and – um, I want to go back to the Denver. I've been to a lot of museums all over the world. I'm very fortunate that I've traveled a good percentage. Mm -hmm. And um, there is a museum in Japan that, gosh, what was it called? The name doesn't go with what it is. It's called the, like, Expressionist Museum. But it's all about um, post-World War II and during And so okay. it's really self-critical. They're looking at the conversations that artists were having in society and saying, like, hey, we need to self-check. This is this is not right what this we're participating road. in. Mm-hmm. This is the road we're going to end up on. And to the people's credit, um, it's um, the canvases were everywhere. Wow. And that, that was probably one of the more mu- moving uh, museums. I, for me, one of the great spaces in the world – um, is the Armenian Genocide Memorial. I've um, seen, I've seen uh, it was a documentary or a photo mm-hmm. journal on that, and that is, holy crap. And I will tell you, one of the great things about that, and, and so for those of you who don't know, my last name is Matarian, and the IAN dictates for people all, uh, all over the world that Ian sound, it means you're Armenian. So my family is part of that genocide story. But... Growing up, I was taught, like, you know, Turkish people clearly killed your family. Right. Right. Your grandmother sold into slavery because of Turkish people. And the Armenian Genocide Memorial, when you're, when you're going into it, it's not a flat surface. You descend into it. You descend these long, concrete steps, and it becomes lonelier and lonelier and lonelier. And if you were aware of the art world, you would understand that they are manipulating you the whole time, right? You're you're becoming more and more sense of being isolated. You're becoming more and more aware of you're being trapped. And the first thing you see, the very first largest image in the Genocide Memorial is a Turkish protest where these people wanted to save the Armenian people. And you are confronted by your own despair, your own misplaced hatred, and your own misplaced anger. By you don't know that the people you've been angry with this whole time are the the sons and daughters of the people who stood up for your family. You are confronted by that. It's one of the most powerful images I've ever seen. Um, The Denver... Art Museum, believe me, believe it or not, has a distinction in this. I'm not Art Museum. Yeah, the Dam. Mm-hmm. Has a really powerful distinction that the curator here loves Colorado. Most museums, when you go to them, are an homage to the curator right. or the kind of like powerful world view that the museum has. New York is not about New York. It's no. about its impact on the world. 
Prado, kind of the same way. There's a lot of span. Chicago's Spain, a but little weird. I've not been to Chicago yet. Chicago's a little weird. But when you go to the Denver Art Museum and you spend time here, the distinction is it's about Denver culture. It is. And that is really unusual. And so I spend some time there. I love it there. Wow. I don't, if I ask that question, that's going to take us a while. <laughs> I'm, I'm, two-parter, I'm, maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe, maybe I think back. we are. Um, I will ask this one mm-hmm. because this, this goes into just before I ask you your final question. Sure. What, what do people really get wrong about art? They don't think it impacts them. And that's they, lack of education or just lack of emotional range? Or lack of self-realization? I, I, none of those things. Okay. Um, the lack of self-realization or lack of emotional range doesn't impact art because you can have the sensitivity of an armadillo <laughs> and still be impacted by certain artistic expressions. Right. A lack of education maybe, but that's not necessarily – it either it's it's just that there are a lack of an awareness that it's being impactful so and people get that wrong because they're like well things don't impact me that i don't understand and that's not true that's not true and or things don't impact me that i see every day you may not understand a baseball bat but it'll impact you right <laughs> well let's just talk about that right so you're like okay the, this doesn't impact me because i don't uh, you know you weren't there or i'm not part of this culture or i don't i don't get it but you can. You, you do have access. Yes, you do. Right. And so that's what people get wrong. And, and it's, an, it's, a, and like a, it's an enti- – and I, I'm not being – I'm not exaggerating when I say it's an entire world that you're unaware of. I, I agree. You know? Absolutely. It's, it's an entire world you're unaware of. And that is – kind of the the foundation that i'm standing on it's like i am here to tell you about this world that you see every day and that you're unaware of it words of advice to future artists that will be your final question and then i got your closeout (laughs) um words of advice words of advice solicit solicit Solicit, solicit. I will is tell that you. Hard? Is that difficult? Well, here's a good example. Okay. I have been open four years. Yes. My email and everything has been active for four years. We've had one woman approach us. What? I yeah. know more one. women artists. One. Jeez. And she was sh- shown my door because of another artist who exhibited with me. And he was like, You should approach Gordon and Jess. So, of the couple of hundred solicitations i've had from men yeah i've had one woman because i mean I, I i recommended two one's actually already contacted you yeah and, he and I, I had a great conversation i and he is and i think i can say because he he'd actually really because i'm working on him with him on another project mm-hmm. jerry yeah. who's been on the podcast multiple times mm. and his, his i'm excited to see because he, he told me you gave him homework <laughs> he's 80 percent there he's, he he's, he's 80 percent very there. talented he's talented he's interesting um if you're going to and being an illustrator and being an artist are two different things they are and i would love to see his art yes and that's why i sent him your i like if because he's not gonna he, he does listen to me but you you're Gravitas. Thank you. Way, way, way way more. And then, of course, the other person I will bring up, and um, I won't bring that up because I have to talk to him first. (laughs) (laughs) Gordon, how do people stalk you? Where do they find you? Oh, well, we're on. I mean, we're we're at that point because you have an event coming up March 11th. You have another interaction? I think we're on the 18th is we're going to have another show. Okay. Um, and that's um, that's with uh, Christian Millet, and he is from South America. I love this man's work, uh, and what's wonderful about his is that he does not have the palette. He's not looking at the same color combinations and the sta- same arrangements of shapes that somehow a culture in the United States creates. We have a familiarity with the things we see here, and once you go very far south, that changes. And so he's bringing that to the gallery on the 18th. 
Um, we have several things lined up that um, I'm super excited about. One of them, and the most important, is Jeremy Novi, who is um, known throughout the United States. He's a gay rights activist and uh, artist. He's one of the founders of um, it's a um, gay um, graffiti museum in San Francisco. Oh, cool. Um, and um, so we're going to be doing a lot of work with him. He's a stencil guy. So when you start seeing koi fish show up on the sidewalk, that's um, that's going to be Talk Gallery and Jeremy Novi all over it. Um, nice. But um, how do you get a hold of me? Um, I'm, we're on Instagram and Facebook, of course. And uh, the... The email or the uh, let's just yeah the email is talk at um, oh what is it it's, oh yeah this is my funny thing so when we went to go do talk talk gallery of course people are like oh gallery talk talk gallery and of course that was available All but right. my last name is Matarian and my business partner's last name is Fraser so it's M F talk. A little Samuel Jackson in there for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So talk. Bad motherfucker. <laughs> talk at mftalkgallery.com is the uh, email. And if you want, just look at our website. It's uh, www.mftalkgallery.com. And my phone number, I'm happy to give that out no, too. No, they, we don't make it too don't easy. Don't do that. Don't make it too easy. Don't make it too um, easy. On business them. line always is nice to get a call to instead of the yeah. fake stuff that happens. Exactly. Guess, yeah. um, if you do want to see Talk Gallery, it is yeah. located in Inglewood. Yes, the sure. address is 4382 South Broadway. Mm-hmm. There will be a link below for their Facebook page, mm-hmm. uh, which is Talk Gallery, oddly enough. Yeah. But no MF. No MF on that part. <laughs> well, when Instagram's like, there's no one who's using Talk Gallery, I'm like, I don't have to do Talk Gallery 1, 2, 3, 4, or, you know, like, or ABC. We're good. Let's do it. Dot yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God. God. Dot ORG, because you, you know, whatever. Yes. Yeah. So I'm excited to see the show on the 18th, so no show on the 11th. So right. I will let everybody know about that. Yeah. I'm very, very excited. Any yeah. parting words, final, final say, Gordon, before mm. you? Before you trip the light film, you know. <laughs> ah, always drink the good wine. Yes, go for the best. Yeah, <laughs> don't let it sit. Drink it. Drink it. You know, you don't know what tomorrow brings. It's true. True story. And there you have it. Words of wisdom from someone who's provocateuring across the globe. In the meantime, give us a like. Give us a share. Please go and check out Talk Gallery because it'll it'll give you something to chat with your friends. But in the meantime, run fast, laugh hard, and always be kind. Good night.